0: Well, this Christmas season, we are taking an honest look at some of the issues that people commonly face in the Christmas season, some of the tough things, actually. Last week, we looked at expectations. Today, we're going we're gonna to talk about gift giving. Uh, next week, we're going to talk about fi- family dynamics, which sometimes are amazing, sometimes not so much. Uh, then the final week, we're going to look at the issue of grief. And the goal is not to have everything perfect in Christmas. The goal is to experience God, Emmanuel, God with us during this season. So today we talk about gift giving. As you're aware, the experience of buying Christmas presents is very different for different people. Some of you love thinking about people, shopping, buying presents, and giving them presents. Uh, if gifts are your love language, uh, shopping for gifts Christmas season is not work for you. It's a joy to buy and give gifts at Christmas time. Other people, however, uh, they actually dread gift giving. And that's actually, I'm in that category. Are you with me? I'm in that category. So if you don't tell me exactly what you want, uh, if I give you a gift, you're going to open it up, and you're probably going to look at me and say, "I hope you kept the receipt." Okay, that's the way it all. Like that tube skirt I bought my wife Brenda about 30 years ago. I'm t- I thought it was a great idea. The gal at Dillard's thought it was a great idea. Brenda, not so much. Okay, and so some of you can can relate to this, right? Then there's other people, uh, possibly some of you, who honestly don't have excess money uh, you're not you 're not able to give monetary gifts that cost money. your concern is paying the bill, keeping the lights on food that type of thing and uh, just this this whole expectation that at Christmas time you have to spend a lot of money is just disheartening for a lot of people and so I just want to acknowledge up front that that this, I, this whole issue of buying gifts is very it evokes different emotions for different ones of us. I want to let you know that the type of gift giving we're talking about today doesn't necessarily involve money. The perspective we're going to talk about. It often does but but many times it doesn't. And so as you might know, the Bible doesn't actually command us celebrate Christmas. It's good to do, it's fine to do, but it doesn't command us celebrate Christmas. And it certainly doesn't advocate going on a spending frenzy beginning at Thanksgiving and going all the way into the new year. Uh, Consequently, this sermon isn't exactly about giving Christmas gifts, it's actually a a perspective about giving gifts in general. And this is a a perspective that can actually help us creatively be generous people year-round, year-round. So to put your mind at ease, I'm not going to tell you how much you should or shouldn't spend at Christmas. I'm not going to get in the way of your family traditions. I've got enough problems. I don't want to get in the middle of that. I'm actually going to encourage you to test drive this perspective that we're talking about today. Uh, At the end of the message, I'm going to to encourage you to actually uh, give a gift this season using the perspective that I share. And so here's the perspective. You and I can imitate God in our gift giving. You and I can actually imitate God in the way we give gifts. So we can study the word and we can can ponder and consider how has God given to me? And then we can purpose in our hearts by God's grace, I'm going to turn around and give gifts to others in the same way that God has given to me. And so we're going to talk about three things this morning. Imitating God in our giving, first of all, involves receiving. First of all, it involves receiving, receiving from God. And this is what we talked about last week. We saw that, that, that the angel appeared to Joseph in a dream and told him, Mary's going to give birth to a child, and this child is going to be named Emmanuel, which means God with us. Jesus is actually God in the flesh. So, if you ever wonder what does God think, listen to Jesus. You ever what does God feel? Notice Jesus' emotions. You ever wonder what types of things does God love to do, or what does He feel compelled to do? Notice what Jesus did. Uh, Jesus was Emmanuel, God with us. But as we also discussed. Uh, We don't experience the benefit of Emmanuel, God with us, unless we receive Jesus as a gift. And this is true of any gift. Any gift, if you leave it in the closet, if you don't unwrap it, any gift you don't receive, it does you no benefit. The same is true for Jesus. Jesus is a, a gift to us. He is grace, meaning it's something we don't deserve, it's something we haven't earned, and we have to receive this gift of grace by faith. We say, yes, I accept that. I believe that Jesus is the Son of God who died for my sins. We read this in John 1.12, but as many as received him, to them he gave the right to become children of God, even to those who believe in his name. And so we receive him by believing in his name. And what he says here, this is a staggering thing. He says, we actually become sons and daughters of God. And so believing in Jesus and following him, it's not just given a new title. Now I have a new title under my name, Christian. No, it's actually a new identity. There's this transformation that takes place in our lives. We believe in Jesus, and he removes our sin as far as the east is from the west. He puts his spirit within us, and he begins transforming us from the inside out. And so progressively, we actually take on the family resemblance. Uh, I look at some of you. I see some families sitting together. I'm like, yeah, they look alike. There's a family resemblance there. In the same way, as we walk with Christ, we take on the the, family resemblance of God. We begin to think and speak and act the way God does. It's only after we experience God in this way that we can imitate him. And so when you read the New Testament, we're told over and over that we should treat other people how the same way that God in Christ has treated us. For example, in Ephesians 4.32, Paul tells us this. He says, be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving each other. How? Just as God in Christ also has forgiven you. And so if you don't experience God's forgiveness through Christ, where God says to you, you have offended me, but I am never going to make you pay for it. I'm never going to throw it back in your face. If you haven't experienced that, you won't be able to imitate him and turn around and forgive others the way God in Christ has forgiven you. You won't know what that means. You won't have this intuitive sense of being able to say to somebody, yeah, you've forgiven me, but yeah, I'm, I'm really never going to make you pay for it that's how God treated me, so obviously that's how I'll treat you. Or consider uh, Romans 15.7. There Paul writes, therefore accept one another. How? Just as Christ also accepted us to the glory of God. So when we experience the acceptance of God that comes through Christ, (coughs) excuse me, when we experience that acceptance, we now turn around and imitate him by accepting one another. And so it turns out that we first have to receive from God. That's what equips us to imitate God in all the ways that really matter, including imitating him in our giving. We first have to receive in him. Receive him. And this happened in Jesus' day. Some people rejected him, Herod, most of the Jewish authorities, other people received him. Jesus' mother, she was she was a disciple of her son. Jesus, she understood, He was the the King of Israel. He was the Son of God. He was her Savior. After His resurrection, Jesus' brothers, His half-brothers became His disciples. They became leaders in the church in Jerusalem. And uh, I can say from my my own experience, it wasn't until I actually received Jesus, I was 20 years old. Before that, you would have said, yeah, he's a good kid. I was a church kid. I went to church, but I had no intuitive understanding of how God loves me, how God wanted to to work in my life. Consequently, the idea of imitating him, it would have been just following some rules, doing a few random things. But once I experienced his forgiveness, now it becomes a pretty and it's not easy but it's a pretty intuitive thing the grace i've received it's just obvious that's of course that's how i should treat other people and so experiencing god receiving that gift of jesus that equips us to imitate him especially when it comes to giving the second thing is that imitating god in our giving involves giving out of love giving out of love and so this gets to our motives why we actually give gifts. Because It's actually because we love people. And the classic statement about love being God's motivation is John 3.16. For God so loved the world that He gave. Because He loved, He gave. His only begotten Son, His, his unique Son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. And so God's motive was love, pure and simple. God was moved by compassion for us. He didn't want us to perish. He, did, he wanted us to experience life, actually eternal life, the type of life we were created to live. Instead of being like the walking dead or instead of being half alive, he wanted us to be fully alive spiritually emotionally relationally god so loved the world that he gave it was motivated by love it wasn't an obligation it wasn't like well i made the created these people and they are really messed up so i better give them another chance now that wasn't it at all his heart went out to us he was moved by compassion he wanted us to be his sons and his daughters and so he so loved the world that he gave And the point for our purposes today is that if we imitate God, we too will be motivated by love, and we will give. And you find this in a a number of different different places, but again, it will be impossible for the person who hasn't received God's love. So we read in 1 John 3.16, it's interesting to look at all the verses in the Bible in the New Testament, that are chapter 3 verse 16 we looked at john 3:16 here's first john 3:16 <coughs> it's it's a coincidental thing i find interesting by the way um, we know love by this that he laid down his life for us and we ought to lay down our lives for the brethren for our brothers and sisters and so his love for us was sacrificial he laid down his life for us therefore we should imitate him and we should lay down our lives for one another. We should be sacrificial in the way we love one another. And this impulse to treat each other the way God has treated us, it's actually hardwired into a person who is a genuine believer. So much so that in the next verse, John wonders this. He says, but whoever has the world's good goods and sees his brother in need and closes his heart against him he wonders, how does the love of God abide in him? He says, that's just not possible. You see the logic there? If the love of God abides in somebody, it's just natural. It's instinctive. Of course, that person, that person's heart goes out to the brother or sister who has a need. Later in 1 John 4, 19, John simply says, we love because he first loved us. And so the love of God we receive becomes our motive for giving. And so if we're imitating God in our giving, uh, we will give out of a motive of love. And I don't know if you've ever examined or ever scrutinized or asked God to scrutinize, what is my motive for giving? Uh, You have to do this if you want to imitate God. Uh, For me, it's just usually, honestly, it's a mindless thing. When we did in my family growing up, we drew names. Okay, I get a name. I'm going to buy something worth 12 bucks for my brother Jeff. Okay, you just did it. I didn't think about, is this obligation? Is this love? What is it? No, nope, I just did it. But you and I, if we want to imitate God, we have to examine this. Do I give out of obligation? Uh, do I give to impress people? Do I give to kind of buy people off? Uh, Do I give? Why why do I give? Well, if we're going to imitate God, we have to give with a motive of love. And so we need to take some time to examine ourselves. We need to get to a place where we give because we legitimately have compassion, affection, love for people. Finally, imitating God in our giving involves giving to people in need giving to people in need. And we wouldn't say exclusively, okay? There don't have to be somebody who desperately needs something. You do find examples in Scripture where people give gifts where they didn't have to have it. The Magi came and they gave these gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Uh, Mary, she poured this expensive perfume, like a year's salary worth of perfume, on Jesus' feet, a very extravagant gift. It had no, yeah, Judas was a thief. He thought it could be used better. He was going to skim off the top. But uh, that you find all sorts of unnecessary gifts in Scripture. At the same time, giving to people in need is especially dear to God. And so in the Gospel of Matthew, in the Sermon on the Mount, uh, Jesus taught about giving to the poor. And he doesn't say, if you give to the poor. He says, when you give to the poor. And he was challenging their... Uh, our motives. He says this, beware of practicing your righteousness before men to be noticed by them. Otherwise, you have no reward with your father who is in heaven. So when you give to the poor, do not sound a trumpet before you as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and in the streets so that they may be honored by men. Truly, I say to you, they have their reward in full. But you, my followers, when you give to the poor, do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing so that your giving will be in secret and your father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. This teaching only makes sense if God really is Emmanuel, if he really is with us and can therefore see what we do in secret but this is the whole point of Christ becoming one of us as he walked the earth he was god with us in the flesh now that god jesus is back at the right hand of the father the holy spirit indwells all who believe the spirit is god with us and he actually sees everything we do and here jesus is saying let god catch you doing what you're supposed to do with the right motives. He says, you can toot your own horn and people will notice. You'll probably get some accolades. If you want that reward, fine, but that's all you get. But God says, if you want the reward, I will give you. He doesn't say what it is, but if God's given a reward, it's not earned, we don't deserve it, it's just a reward, then it's going to be satisfying. He says, then give in secret to those in need. In Matthew 25, the parable of the sheep and the goats, Jesus said, when you give food, water, uh, shelter to people in need, you're doing it to him. Jesus said, when we visit the sick and the imprisoned, we're showing compassion to him. He is so identified with the poor and the needy, uh, especially the impoverished church, I think. Uh, He says, to give to them is to give to him. And there are many different ways that we can do this, that we can imitate God by giving to those in need. Sometimes you might identify an individual or a family that has specific needs, and you can give directly. Okay? Sometimes you, you can give directly. Uh, at times you want to give anonymously. I know that some people have, uh, when I've received something anonymously, uh, I'm like, okay, I don't have a person to point to. I just accept this directly from you, God. This is a gift that fell out of heaven for all I know. Uh, Other times, it will be a more powerful encouragement for people to to be able to put a name and a face with the gift they've received. They need to know that you personally love them, that your heart goes out to them. That's why you're giving the gift. So sometimes we give, give directly. Uh, as well, we can give to organizations that, that do good work that serve those in our community. This fall, many of you gave to the Four Manhattan Fund, and uh, that we gave half of, we kept half of that money in our own compassion fund, and we used that money to meet needs in the church and beyond uh, rent, medicine, that type of thing. And then we, the other half of what was collected went to two organizations in town that do a lot of good for a lot of people. And so institutions, organizations are valuable because they collect, they pool resources and can give significant gifts in, uh, in a lot of different ways. <clears throat> so there's many ways to give. You know, About a, a decade ago, uh, my mother, uh, she began giving the exact same gift to everybody in our family. So my three brothers and I, we all get the same gift every year, all of our wives get the exact same gift we give. All nine grandchildren get the exact same gift that we get. And to be honest with you, don't judge me, but to get, be honest with you, our, our normal response when we open this gift is like, uh, it ranges from disappointment to apathy somewhere in there. <clears throat> but we open it up and I'm thinking, really, Nana, this is your gift for me? This is actually a gift for me? And you know what my mom get, does? Every year, she gives a contribution to the heifer to Heifer International or the Heifer Project. It's an organization that gives livestock and training, among other things, to impoverished people all around the world. And so we open up our gift, and it's a card that says uh, that my mom has given a contribution in my name to other people. Okay, and so this year she might give a goat. Uh, in in my name to people somewhere North America South America all different places and I think you can imagine how a person might be disappointed to get that present especially if that person really thinks that gift giving at Christmas time is about me me getting things that I don't necessarily need but I want. But what if gift giving at Christmas is actually about me giving to people who have legitimate needs? Maybe Nana has some things figured out that I need to understand. You know, this has actually become a pretty precious gift for me. My, My mom lives on a very fixed income. It's a sacrificial gift that she gives. And I've come to realize that she's actually drawing me into a type of generosity, drawing me into imitating God in ways that I would not otherwise. And so that's what we do. We give gifts to meet needs. Well, what if you're not in a position to give to others financially? Over the years, I've had numerous people just with pain in their their voice tell me how much they wish they had money. to give give gifts to other people. They want to experience the blessing of being able to give. And it is a blessing. Jesus actually said it's more blessed to give than to receive. Well, please trust me when I tell you that the type of gift giving we're talking about here this morning doesn't have to involve money. Some of the most significant treasured gifts that I've received have, have cost little or no money. Uh, consider Peter's comment in Acts 3. There was a man at the gate in temple, and he was, he was begging for alms. He was begging for money. And uh, here's what we read in Acts 3.6. But Peter said to this man, I do not possess silver and gold, but what I do have I give to you in the name of Jesus Christ the Nazarene. Walk. That's a gift he would never forget, right? You and I can't give something we don't have. If you don't have money, don't go into a debt to, get to debt to give gifts to other people. If you don't have money, what do you have? You may not have the gift of healing. You may. If you do, that's, that would be a great gift. But you have all sorts of things. If you are, if you are a follower of Christ, never underestimate what you have to give. Uh, you can give your prayers. You can give your presence you can serve people. How about this for a gift this year, uh, whether you have money or not? What if, you, what if you have a, as God puts somebody on your heart and you say, you know what I'm going to give you this year? I've decided that I will pray for you every day between now and Christmas. I'm going to go into the very throne room of God. I'm going to go to the power. I'm going to place a power in the universe. And I'm going to pour out petitions on your behalf to God. So what's your need? what's your deepest need? What do you want God to do for you? Tell me and that's what I'll bring before God. Or you might, you might identify a person who's lonely or a person who has very few friends. You might say, you know, this, this year what I'm going to do, I'm going I'm to give the gift of, of being with this person. So you can visit a person, you can take them out to, to coffee, something simple. But the, the important thing is, I'm going to give the gift of my presence to that, that person. So never underestimate uh, giving that doesn't <laughs> primarily involve money. So here's the action point. I'd like to encourage you to give one gift this season in imitation of God, at least one gift. You say, God, uh, okay, I'm going to receive from you. That's where it begins. God, I'm going to give this gift out of love. And God, I'm going to give a gift that, that meets a legitimate need. And so the idea here is to simply test drive this model of giving, okay? Some of you are done with your Christmas shopping, okay? Some people are just done, they're, everything's wrapped. So this may not be somebody that's already on your list. Uh, this may be a gift to somebody that would never expect a gift from you, okay? And so identify one person to give this, this gift to. And the, the ultimate goal is to become the type of person that does this all year round. Why? Because we're generous. We imitate God all year round. And so think of it this way. So what what was the favorite gift that you received last year? Well, if you're like me, you don't remember, okay? I remember Nana's gift. That's it. Okay, what what was the most memorable gift that you gave last year? Touche. Again, I'm not trying to make you feel bad, but we we just don't... So the idea is, what if this year you gave a gift that was so from the heart, such an expression of love and compassion, I mean, tailor-made, that they won't forget it, and you certainly won't forgive it because you experienced the blessing of giving in imitation of God. And so to do this, again, you're going to have to power down, slow down. You're going to have to pray, God, open my eyes. You know, who's somebody in my life? Who's somebody in my world? It could be somebody that serves you in a store week in and week out. Who is somebody in my life that you want me to love by imitating you and giving? So, a couple of ideas. Um, and some of you don't need ideas because you do this. Some of you do this very well all the time. Uh, making uh, gifts for people is a long tradition at Christmas. And so uh, if you have skills, if you have time, this might be a great option for you. Uh, so this is a great way to involve kids in, in giving, giving them a vision for, for uh, generosity. I do have to warn you, there's a risk here. It's possible they will not like what you make for them, okay? This happened to me. I actually went to a, a, a neighborhood garage sale and something I had made for my friend was on the table, okay? <laughs> He was selling it, okay? So I bought it and gave it to somebody else, right? <clears throat> it costs a dollar, which I guess is what he thought it was worth. But um, not everybody likes wooden puzzles, okay? But that's an idea. Uh, as well, the church staff is compiling a list, a list of needs in the church. There are people here at Faith that have needs that, for whatever reason, are not able to celebrate Christmas the way most people are. So we're, we're collecting a list of of people' needs in the church as well as beyond. There's a lot of organizations that are that are giving gifts to people that otherwise wouldn't wouldn't uh, have them at this time of year. So let us know. Contact us if you would like that. Also, remind you each week we're we're uh, publishing this uh, devotional readings uh, based on this week's message. So these readings will help you internalize some of the things we've talked about. But actually, I've read it. These readings will help you go deeper and farther into the things we've been talking about. So you'll find a scripture reading, you'll find devotional thoughts, a suggested prayer. And so these are available out in the foyer. If you want to grab one on Tuesday, if you get the e-blast, uh, we'll have a digital copy, a link where you can, you can look at it there as well. But we hope you find this helpful. Heavenly Father, we, we bring ourselves before you this season and God, gift-giving in, in some ways is just so out of hand. It's so out of control. And some some of us are just burdened, almost oppressed by it. Others of us find it joyful. But God, we want to imitate you. We want to receive from you. We want to experience your love. And we want to show the same to people around us. And so, God, would you place people on our hearts and give us uh, ideas, creativity. Give us the will to give gifts that show people your love. And so, God, we pray that you would, would empower us. You'd just give us everything we need. We, we want to honor you here. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.